0: Welcome to the DP30 Emmy Audio Pod.
1: Immediately recording. The second, I, the, the second I get here, David, it's immediately recording, just like that.
0: Today, the magical Ben Schwartz, star of both Sonic the Hedgehog 2 and The After Party.
1: You have a Terrence and Phil, Philip Funko behind you? I do. What I do, do we do else do got? We sure. got the Ghostbusters. We have Ghostbusters. We have a Mickey, a weird Mickey.
0: A weird it's uh uh what's his name the guy who did uh, book of life
1: oh wow it's his mexican mickey
0: love it what day of the dead mickey this is the girl ghostbusters by the way oh cool and i actually have a, 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 a one still in a box because i thought they'd be so valuable
1: <laughs> that the the that ghostbusters car
0: the ghost the girls ghostbusters car yeah
1: did you ever, I think you're, I don't know how, I don't know if we're the same age, but did you ever, they had the real Ghostbusters cartoon show when I was a kid and they had uh, action figures for that that were very exciting.
0: Yes, they were. Well, I have a whole row of junk around here. My, my son is not as interested in pops as I am, apparently. It's kind of sad, really.
1: <laughs> well, let me see. Can you turn it? Is it is a computer that you can Let's turn? Or no, like... well,
0: yeah, I have, a, well, I have a, a camera that moves. So there's the uh, oh my God. bookshelf.
1: Okay, from Hamilton, the king from Hamilton. The
0: Hamilton himself next to him.
1: Yeah, you have Lynn, you have Buddha, you have Buddha Homer. Yeah. This you have...
0: A, I don't remember where that guy is from, but he's from some It's some combination of something famous and whatever. try okay. We can go yeah. up a level. We have the... Uh, Alex. Oh, okay. And, uh, and the cat from uh, Secret Life of Pets, oddly enough.
1: Oh my God.
0: And of course Mojo Jojo, because how can I live without Mojo Jojo? <laughs> He's
1: my priority. Of course. We're here, David. We did it. I like junk. <laughs> I have just nonsense over here. If I showed you, I've so I have Funko's, I have Kid Robot, I have um, toys from Sonic and Turtles and I have Plastic Man. What else do I have? I have all my jokes from when I was a page at letterman I've all the stuff I got from Star Wars I've all the stuff from Parks and Rec I'm literally just like I have a, one prop from every single thing I've ever done. If you name That's anything cool. I've ever done, name one, name anything I've ever done I can bring one prop to you. What, what after you like party? To <laughs> sure. I have more than one for that. I'm going to get one over at it. I'll bring I bring thing. Ja- I have my I have the jacket downstairs. <laughs> and then I have this, which I'll wait till you come back. I'm back. This is my Oh my God, amazing. Dude, circus punk. (laughs) This is the prop I took from After Party. (laughs)
0: That's fantastic. That's fantastic. And you should have it actually in your cereal area
1: so people don't know the difference. I should, by the way. I think I took one more thing. Wait, there's got to be one more thing. We could do this for hours, by the way. We could have like
0: a, this could be like a show.
1: (laughs) Show us your junk. Show us your junk, your beloved junk. I know I have something else. I wonder if the other thing I took was just uh, it was just the, the jacket. He went away for
0: a while, but he's playing, playing, pitching better now. Garrett Cole. Oh, okay, there you I don't
1: go. I know if you're
0: a Mets fan or a Yankees fan. I'm a Yankees fan. These, I love. I got them from uh, Gallery 1988. <laughs> They're the VHS boxes for Joker and, for, uh, and Lighthouse. Amazing. Amazing. <laughs> adored. Oh, incredible. Yeah. I
1: love it. There's only so much oh. I can
0: actually get, you know, framed at a time.
1: I, by the way, I collect uh, old animation cells, so I have from ah. TV shows. So I have all those hang up near the living room, and then I have all my Super Nintendo games from when I was a kid right there. Wow! I have a lot, of, all my all my fun stuff, and then my typewriters that I use here. And the shoe yes. is from where? Shoe is for Sonic One. A gentleman named the Shoe Surgeon made five pairs of Sonic sneakers before they existed, and then um, I got to keep one of them.
0: And was that before he got fixed or after he got fixed?
1: <laughs> this was after so it was it wasn't beefy legs it was these are normal sonic legs and i think did they, they changed with socks the legs, too
0: did the legs change in
1: the legs change your voice that you did for sonic the first trap to sonic i talked to this hey guys how are you my name is sonic i <laughs> uh, no, same exact thing because when i was when i was doing the voice i just saw previous anyway i would just see like you know archaic right. drawings or like a tennis ball or something like that. So I kept my voice going as I saw him. Um, I kept it by the way, same way I did it for the test, which was how I saw him. And then if you see the test that never came out as a five minute short, we did to sell it. He was like more of a, you know, way more like the one that came out than the the trailer version. We call that trailer Sonic. The infamous trailer Sonic. Yeah, Sonic from the trailer.
0: I wonder if that's still like Paramount allows those still to be online.
1: Somebody, I'm sure, downloaded it, but hey, it's history. You can, when you go to a museum, you can't take down all the paintings; they're it's there. It's like an NFT now. <laughs> it's exactly. By the way, from what I know about NFTs, it is exactly like an NFT. Evil
0: Sonic as an NFT. Yeah, I actually got a Batman the Batman NFT from Warner Brothers for buying tickets for the movie. Apparently, was early enough or something, huh? What is it of? What's like the NFT? F- of? It's it- I don't even remember to tell you the truth. I can't even figure out where to find it at the moment, but it's just like, it's a picture, but apparently it's an NFT also. There are only 5,000 yeah. or God knows what there are. That's um, pretty cool. I think. I'm sure it's worth at least seven cents. Oh, that's a lot of money. Come on.
1: <laughs> what are we doing? I'm sure I can find something worth seven cents here. It's There's true. A whole bunch of masks. Yeah.
0: Have you ever actually been to the Funko store on in, uh, in, on Hollywood Boulevard?
1: No, uh, but there was one uh, when I used to go to Comic Cons for Ducktales and Turtles and stuff, and Randy Cunningham. There was a, a Funko line there, and I got to go there and see like all the new ones and the limited release ones. The
0: Funko store is There's actually a- worth going to. It's crazy.
1: Is it cool? It's like a full.
0: It's like a half a city block. <laughs> And you just kind of wander through it. It goes from section to section to section. Like there are 40 different sections of different Funko and different. I got to go.
1: I got to find right now. My Funko collection is thin, but it's mostly of stuff that I've done. So it's like Sonic and yeah. John Ralphio. Um, yeah. Most of the other the things of other characters are Kid Robot. I have a lot of Simpsons, a lot of Futurama. It looks like I got a couple Flintstones. I have a Huckleberry Hound. Oh, I have a lot cool. of Disney afternoon stuff. A lot of Disney afternoon stuff.
0: See, that's because you're, that's you're younger than me. Disney Afternoon was after me. I actually saw Huckleberry Hound the first time.
1: <laughs> you saw him in real life before he was in a cartoon. He was in cartoon. real life, yes. When he was still doing yeah. live performances. Um, yeah. But no, in those... Like, I already he crushed the Beacon Theater in New York. He was amazing. <laughs> and then
0: Heavens the Murgatroyd, he made him go exit stage left. But um, yeah, no, I used to see that stuff in reruns when I was in 1970-whatever. 70 point mm-hmm. 72 73 mm-hmm. 69 mm-hmm. but um, yeah all that stuff was all I could watch there was nothing else so oh my goodness but I've by, seen by every the way that, episode of the banana splits
1: twice I talk we talk about um, comedic timing a lot of people uh, some comedians talk that uh, looney Tunes is basically the perfect version of how humans get comedic timing especially if you book a lot of those episodes there's just classical music under them and there's no there's no words for a bunch of them and yeah. you're able to sell to children emotions i loved looney tunes so for me it's like that's how i you know that's how like all of us were fooled into loving uh classical music first of all right so i lo- like uh or uh, yeah, uh, <laughs> it's amazing and something will come on and be like i know this i know every note of this i watch. and then um but yeah my, my favorite was uh learning basically comedic timing of oh if you look at bugs and daffy if you look at elmer and bugs bugs has the best comedic timing of anybody in the universe yes The very best. Mm -hmm. He is a god. Mm -hmm. Um,
0: I got to meet June June Foray before she died. That was very cool. Oh, wow. I never met Mel, but I met her. Oh, man.
1: Mel would have been so fun, huh?
0: Yeah. They drag. Well, it's such a range of voices. It's still, you know, even though they're still, you could hear them underneath every one of them, but they're real. The range is pretty amazing.
1: Incredible. I have so much respect for like Eric Bowes is one of those new uh, VO guys who's just like, Kevin Michael Richardson, Eric Pals is like can do any voice. He plays Marvin the Martian. He plays Daffy mm-hmm. Duck. He can also play Porky and Bugs. He plays the Muppet Babies. He played Splinter. He can do anything. He's remarkable. I love. I love. a uh, I've been doing voiceover since 2006, so almost 17 years now. Wow. So it's like uh, I've always loved watching the people who are like like John DiMaggio. I did a show with him once, and it was just like he'd just sit down and. And, like, he'd be playing, like, something on his uh, iPad and nail every line perfectly. Like, he's just, a, they're just, like, super pros, you know what I mean? Yeah. They're incredible to watch.
0: I was just watching after uh, Pamela Adlon series finished on Monday, sadly. There was an episode where she's in the room with four guy, three guys, I think Billy West and uh, oh wow, a couple of the other guys. And it's just, like, just fun to see them together, you know, doing it. Yeah. <laughs> Lovely to- and Pamela but- was on um, King of the Hill, right? Yep. Well, yeah. that's part of, and that's part of her character in the series is that, you know, people are constantly like, don't I know you? I know that voice. I know that, you know, oh,
1: that's they'll remember so her funny. from her childhood. Oh, I love that. So you have She's three, amazing.
0: three voices this this year, don't you? You have three voices coming out? You
1: I don't saw, know. Like,
0: two more on top of Sonic?
1: you you Sonic. Super Pats, aren't you? Oh, right. Super Pets, Sonic, uh, Turtles, and, uh, and Leo you know, and the the Turtles. Turtles. Yeah. And then I'm about to record a new thing that I can't announce yet. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then I think there's a cartoon show. I did like a choose your own adventure type cartoon show for Netflix. Um, man, we recorded two years ago, two and a half years ago. So that's got to be coming out soon. <laughs> <Odd>. <laughs> it's got to be coming out soon, right? It could it's be coming out anywhere, be. anytime. Yeah. yeah. So just so. doing the voiceover stuff fulfilling like acting is? It's a different skill set. And I, I love it because, I mean, listen, we did, you and I just rattled off all these things that influenced us in our lives. Disney afternoon cartoons, Simpsons, Futurama, that stuff for me was enormous. Simpsons was one of the biggest ways for me to learn what funny was. Uh, The writing on The Simpsons is still probably, if you look at seasons two through ten, are still some of the best writing for television ever. Yeah. Ever. So it's like um, uh, I'm in all of it. So because I watched all that stuff growing up, I love the idea of being a part of introducing that to a new generation and stuff like that. and so uh, I just just always loved doing it. And then I just got lucky that I got some roles that I got to know about when I was a kid. Like Dewey from DuckTales, I watched when I was a kid. Leonardo from Turtles, I watched. And then I watched, uh, you know, I played Sonic as a kid. So it's like, it's crazy to be like the way that these kids are learning about these franchises that I've been obsessed with since I was a kid.
0: Is it true you dyed your hair blue to do the voice of Sonic or?
1: Yeah, I was, ent- I was entirely blue from head to toe um and that's just what it was so if you want me to do that voice i got to get in the zone i jump in a blue bath uh i come out dripping wet and i'm like let's roll and jeff fowler's like you're dripping i said let's roll and that's basically what happens
0: you know my son is not very impressed by most of the people i interview but i told him i was talking to sonic and he was like i gotta meet i want to meet him how old is your son (laughs) he's 12. let's meet him where is he he'll he'll come i'll I'll drag him out here eventually but he was he he saw the first one i guess when he's 10. And we saw the most recent one and he's, you know, a fan of the show, fan of the, fan of, he, lo- he, play, he actually likes the movies, I think, better than the game.
1: Oh, by the way, we, what I've learned is that our movies have been an intro for people to even learn about the game, which is great. Like all these kids are now, like I have a lot of my, I've left like a thousand voice notes for kids in the past uh, two and a half years. But um, what I've learned is that these kids don't know about the games. They watch the movies, they become obsessed with it and then they go find the games yeah. which is amazing and also they find, they can find the cartoon shows and they can learn about you know uh, uh jason and ryan and and roger and all these other great voice artists out of uh, voice sonic but i love that i get to be like the entryway to them to learn about all this stuff
0: mm. and then you have your serious day job of something like the aftermath after party <laughs> after party. Sorry, I'm I to call it aftermath? aftermath, but Pitch you know. me
1: David, Pitch me Aftermath. What do you think a TV show That's called Aftermath? That's the next season is called Aftermath. All right, by the way, it might be. There is a second season. I'm not I in it. That. But there is a second season.
0: So, was it hard for Chris Miller? Cuz Chris is such a jerk normally. He's such a mean, mean man.
1: <laughs> that
0: he, is, you know, people don't really want to work with him, but you just jumped right in there
1: yeah by the way i heard that he was a nightmare and i was like you know what the words are too good for me to pass up and i got there and he was there really mean aggressive never nice never creative um he i think it's is hard when of you're my... a
0: partner to phil lord to be the nice guy of the pair
1: <laughs> <laughs> i know by the way they're both so kind i think it was um he's one of my favorite directors i've ever been directed by i think he'd be top of you know he's in my top five ever and i've been very lucky to be directed by some of the biggest people in the world so um it was one of my favorite experiences. The, af- the After Party, not Aftermath yet, soon, Sorry. but the After Party was one of my favorite things I've ever filmed, and I felt so lucky to be a part of it, and we were filming it during COVID, so it was like my first time being around anybody that wasn't my girlfriend, so it's like, it was it was huge. It was great. I'm so proud of that show, because um, it was in a time where we were all wearing masks. Imagine like, so I have all these dance numbers and music numbers. And so there's a, um, a gentleman uh, uh, with a cam, you know, which is not easy to do. It's a, holding an entire heavy camera on this cam thing. And he's moving while whatever. And he's wearing like goggles, a face mask and a mask. And he's running and hustling. Uh, this gentleman's name was Neil Bryant for this production. But it was like it was remarkable. We all worked really hard. We all felt so lucky that anybody was giving us the chance to film. We hadn't filmed in a year or change. So it was like, so lucky that we were in something that was great and also just filming in general. So it was a very unique and amazing experience.
0: Is it like a high school reunion every time you get together with that group of actors?
1: I, we, It's funny, when the thing came, when the um, when we wrapped, it was still COVID. We weren't allowed to hang out. So we didn't get to have like a wrap party. And then when the show premiered, a new strain of COVID came out and they locked down everything. So we weren't allowed to have a premiere. Hey and then uh, when they celebrated i was filming in new orleans a movie so i couldn't come do anything so i haven't hung out with that group outside of filming that thing but i will say we have a uh, text chain for all of us and we've been in on it since we've been filming every single actor in the show and we all go back and forth and it's been awesome we all support each other and stuff like that still
0: i find it i i it's kind of a constant fascination of mine these kind of Groups that form inside of the industry and kind of seem to work together. I mean, I just saw you and Jenny in a, um, in a in a. Oh my
1: god, she's so sparkling good.
0: water commercial.
1: <laughs> yeah, we'll do whatever. Literally, we'll do whatever you want. You want us to be in a sparkling water commercial? Great. We we love each other so much, and it was so funny. We got together for that thing. We both got the offer for that at the same time. We're like, oh my god, we get to hang out. Great, let's do it. And so we like it was a night shoot, and that whole night we talked for the whole night. And we're like telling everybody we got to find ways to work together. We we love each other so much, and I think she's so talented, man. You see what Jenny is capable of. She can do drama and comedy. She's a very talented, warm, kind, loving human being.
0: Yes, but it's it's always fascinating how like everybody. It seems like people gravitate, and it's like there's a generational thing. I guess Kroll is almost your age. I don't know if you guys are actually allowed to do anything. Kroll, yeah, I would
1: say Kroll's yeah, Kroll is my generation because he was there at UCB when I was there. It was like me, him uh pally adam pally was there i mean we were bobby Moynihan. we were all kind of in the same when i tour uh, with a group called ben schwartz and friends i'd bring a lot of those ucb guys i came up with like eugene cordero just went on tour with me in new york and stuff like that um but yeah you know it's funny when i first moved here like my first job where i was like on a show for a while i don't remember which one it was but oh maybe undercovers we did like 11 episodes together we were hanging out for like six seven months And i thought we all just stay best friends forever like that's what it is that's just what it is because i'm like from a family that's very close and you know but in this industry you're you're basically like in a summer camp with these with these actors and crew and you spend a lot of time with them and then they just then then like everyone does their own thing and you're like it's never going to be as close as when you're filming because you see each other every day you share every moment with each other and everybody feels out their experiences but yeah, it was so funny for me for the first time to not, like, to realize, like, oh, we're not, oh, so we don't talk every day now? Okay, so I'll just, like, I'll just hang out? Okay, yeah, 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 But I'm thinking about you. Okay, you're not? Okay, that's fine. But it's, like, you kind of, like, learn that we all care about each other and stuff like that, but there's so much going mm. on always that you kind of have to pick uh, your people. Like, I still talk to the, I text with all the House of Lies people still all the time and um, all that stuff. But after party, it's been, I mean, it's only been a year, but it's been a chain that has not has not stalled for a second. But, did you know, Kali um, was even in Sonic when you did it. Oh my God! Are you kidding me? Of course. When they were talking about casting, they put it in, they told me about him on the list, and I told them that I had performed them him for years, and he's amazing. And they're like, "Amazing! We want him for Wade." And I was like, "You can't! It's 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 incredible." And I've also been pretty good at trying my best to grab some UCB talent and bring them to my project. I did a movie with Billy Crystal and got two UCB. Got Connor Ratliff from Dead Eyes in there, Jim Santangeli in there, and then when I tore, I do that, and then House of Lies, we got. Uh, Dominic Dierkes with Eugene Cordero, Milano was in there, um, uh, Lauren Latkes. So uh, we got uh, like, I love the idea of kind of like we started together anytime if someone's right for a role and they prove themselves in the audition, try to grab them and bring them on board.
0: I think I irritate Pally every time I talk to him because I feel always compelled to ask him why he plays dumb people. Because he's maybe <laughs> the smartest person I, you know, he's incredibly smart person. You think, you think Pally's <laughs> the smartest person you ever met? Well, Not the man with the smartest one I ever met, but you know, he's pretty smart dude. He's very smart i love Pally. Pally's I mean, brilliant. he's a brain he's also, guy he's not a dumb
1: he, there's nothing not he's dumb also and, so funny he's yeah. so incredibly funny and he crushes in sonic he's so good in sonic
0: mm. so what is are i i think i feel like we had some of this conversation at some point but are you on set for sonic at all or are
1: you no sonic i'm in a, they film it they come back um right. the first time we did a table read the first one I record all my lines so they can kind of hear how I'm going to do stuff. Yeah. The second one, because of COVID, you know, we didn't even do a table read. We, they filmed their stuff, they came back and then I record the screen. I do my lines and then because I'm just a microphone and it doesn't cost a lot of money, I'll do five takes of like five different ideas that I have and a bunch of different jokes and kind of the best joke wins. And and, and even when I do my rough cut, when we're done, Jeff is nice enough (coughs) and lets me watch so i can see if i want to redo a take or i think of a better joke so I'm, he's always letting me fiddle because for my part they're always animating up until they animate that mouth i'm not locked right. at all so i can keep going and going and going and they're like you know we need more motion in this scene or we need a, a funnier joke in the scene this bit isn't funny enough something like that so i'm kind of learning um you know uh, just from me writing scripts for so long it's kind of easy to see my moments where we can kind of build something stuff like that but it's it's jeff fowler is so good because he shoots without any animation then he records my animation, then he records Idris, then he records Colleen, then he somehow makes all that make sense together, then he animates, then we re-record, you know what I mean? It's, so it's like, he's the mastermind of this. Jeff Fowler and Toby Asher, the producer with Neil Moritz, those guys really make this movie what it is.
0: I don't get the feeling that Idris did a lot
1: of improv in this movie. Maybe he did, I wonder what the script was for him. Maybe he did, straight. man, he was, he was great though. He was yeah. great. But very straight. Yeah, that was great. I love that character, I think, works so well within like because it's because you can't have another like motor mouth like me. So it's like you have me, you have a sycophant in Tails and you have this this person who is very honorable and brave. Um, I love it. So do you ever disagree with Jeff about the direction of the character? Oh, I do whatever he wants. So like if he's like, I'm thinking about this or that. I always give him what he wants and then I'll say, "Okay, can I try this? And he'll let me and he'll always let me try. And then afterwards I trust him that he's going to pick the right take. And he sees the movie as a whole. I see my parts, but I, you know, like, I mean, I watch the whole movie and if I have any thoughts, I'll say things, but he's, he's like the mastermind. So I trust him uh, completely. I'll give him, I'll sometimes pitch things and give him things. And then in the end, he'll choose if it's worth it or not worth it. And, you know, I'll probably say more times than not, it's not worth it. But, you know, if, if I get a great joke in every now and then it really helps or it seals that the feeling of that scene and we're, we're in heaven. So. I feel very lucky to be with a collaborator like him because he's down to play and he's down to listen and he's down to work together. But I always trust his decision because the two movies have come out so well.
0: And the stuff that you're not in with, the scenes that you're not with Car- in, Car- in with Carrie, are you seeing those early as well? Or is that when when it finally comes all together, you're seeing what he's been doing
1: off in his own? I see, I see the takes they're choosing for him. So I see like, I, I improvise with the screen. So like right. I do my lines, they're playing the scene. I do my lines with the screen sometimes. Right. But he does so a lot of like, scenes without you in this movie. He does all the movie. scenes without me. Uh, there's a gentleman I mean, he Scott. does the
0: scenes without your character, without Sonic. There are a lot of non-Sonic scenes with him in this one.
1: Yes. <laughs> yes. There sure are. There, are a lot, there sure are. So have you, do you see those also, or are you surprised yeah, when see you find those all together? I'll see, the first, I'll see the assemblies of the movie uh, okay. whenever Jeff will let me. Um, but they're mostly for, it's never me being like, having notes for Jim Carrey. That would never happen. Right but it's more like me seeing where we could uh, play with my guy, with Sonic. And also if, if I have some thoughts or the, themes or something like that, and the producers are interested in my thoughts, I'll always give them.
0: So it sounds like you, when the movie is finally put together, you pretty much outside of a few bells and whistles, pretty much know what you got.
1: I see exactly the movie, except for what the final animation is. The, the only time I get to see the final animation is because they're working on that to the very last second. When we go to our premiere, or for usually like if I do a press tour, it's right before the press tour, they let me see the final movie. Um, and then I get to see, you know, I've kind of have an idea of almost all the words, but I have no idea what I look like. So it's like, by then, then I finally get to see what Sonic looks like. And it's like the best, coolest feeling in the world. It's so cool to see those final like images come together and see like a real knuckles and a real Sonic bash. You know what I mean? So I assume Chris let you into the uh, cutting room for after party as well. Never. <laughs> Never. Of course not. Why well, bother? By the way, you want to know someone who knows funny. Chris, Lord and Miller are just like, I almost look at Chris as like a performer with us because he's so funny. He plays with us. His brain is able to think of these beautiful things while we're playing. That show is such a difficult show to improvise, uh, to um, direct, because not only are you doing uh, six different genres. I mean, there's eight episodes, so I guess it would be eight different genres, seven different genres. Yeah. So seven different genres, which is already different lighting, different costumes. But then within those, it's how that person sees everybody else. So if it's my episode, it's how I see Sam's character. It's how I see Anik. It's how I see, you know what I mean, Chelsea. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's not even that everybody, everybody's acting a different version of themselves in every single one. And we have to hit certain beats that show you who the killer might be. So within all those confines, he still finds room to let the words uh, breathe and let us play. And that's where he's, I'm so impressed with Chris, and he's also so calm, so kind, everybody he and he looks at his crew and everybody's like, has worth and everybody has an if you have an idea from anywhere it is, if Mm -hmm. someone's gonna make a scene better, he listens to everybody. And he's so respectful him, him and Phil, it's, uh, it's if people could watch them direct, and my assumption is and produce. Um, you, would, I, I feel like we would all be it's just the, that set was so loving and we got so much good stuff Yeah. Um, and the show turned out I think great.
0: What's funny because I always felt that they made a mistake by letting I mean obviously the bigger mistake of letting them go in solo but I also feel like their process is not one that you kind of like stop in the middle. It kind of finds it, it the process creates what they're doing in a way Oh that's there's, interesting.
1: And there's an energy us, that
0: changes as it goes along. It's not like shoot the shot shoot the shot shoot the shot
1: they had they have a feel well it's different we were doing a show where you really couldn't you know we don't have a lot of time we were block shooting everything so it's like um uh, i don't know their experience on solo but for this uh they had all their ideas they know whatever but within the scene if things are blossoming they allow it room to blossom and they can see it immediately they immediately see if something's working or something's not working or if the scene's not quite working let's do this maybe do this um you know the scene can be very different than what the feeling of the words are at the beginning but I'll, for I'll say, you know, nine out of ten times, those words were incredible. We had an incredible writing staff for that party, and Chris was the shepherd of all that stuff and the creator of this idea from ten years ago. So it was pretty, pretty remarkable, pretty, pretty incredible job that he did. Um, but yeah, the, the, they are in a place where things breathe and grow um, and blossom yeah. while you're doing stuff. Um, maybe with a movie, you get a little bit more time to do that. With this show, it happened within the confines of each scene. But they're very cognizant when something isn't working, or if something new is working, they they you know they push in that direction or they pull back, and you know that's what makes them great directors.
0: I just always think it's interesting. I mean, going back to Lego and stuff, where like in process, it's not really clear what they're going to do or how it's how could it possibly work, and then somehow their alchemy makes it work. You know, I mean, it's a fascinating I, thing with them.
1: I've never I don't seen see them process. as conventional. I, <laughs> I don't see them as conventional either, but I, I, it never felt like we were ever unhinged or loose, right. ever. So our our project, I, I can only talk about ours, and our one never felt like, hey, we don't know what's happening, the whole way we knew exactly what it was. Even when we were filming, like, this feels good and exciting. So for us, uh, um, maybe that spontaneity is what, you know, within their within their uh, things is yeah. them feeling like it's that spontaneous and you're not, not quite knowing is kind of their magic, but they were very much in control the whole time. I don't know about the other ones because I, I wasn't in those, but... Um. This one, they were they had it from the beginning.
0: Mm. So,
1: what do you are are you doing? What you want to do when you grow up, or is there
0: another step to the Ben Schwartz experience? <laughs> um,
1: what a great question! i
0: are going to call it, by the way, after you die, and there's a Vegas show with an animatronic version of you. It's going to be the Ben Schwartz experience.
1: <laughs> exactly. Um, I'm very, very happy. What I'm doing. I get to like act in these things with people that I really respect. I get to like be directed by people I care about and like really look up to. I get to say words that I care about. I'm in a place now where I'm really happy. I get to go on tour whenever I want, which is very fun. I'm writing movies. I sold a TV show. I sold a couple movies that I'm writing. So it's like um, I get to kind of play with all these different sandboxes and the older I get, the more i'm able to say no to things and really allow myself to do the things that inspire me which you know when you're starting off you just i need money you need money to survive mm-hmm. so um as i get a little bit older and uh it's funny that with after partying with sonic and with space force um more opportunities are coming my way which is a thrill a thrill beyond thrill so now i get to look at more things and really see um which ones i think would be a lot of fun or which ones people care about which ones i think are good stories um so it's been fun it's also been fun i've been selling scripts you know since i've been whatever since i've been probably 2009 was my first script ever sold so i've been writing for a very long time Even before that i was writing monologue jokes in 2003 so it's like um it's still fun to be able to create my own stuff and my hope is that the more of this stuff that we do and you know even the idea of being able to talk about my stuff with you it's like all right maybe soon it'll just be me writing a bunch of my own stuff or not just but I get to write that or write for other people and things like that so it's been fun to be able to do all of it and i've written a lot but it seems like the older i get the probability of any of these things that i'm starring in that i wrote get made when at the beginning the probability was very low <laughs> so now it seems like maybe there's a shot to get some of these things in the air which is exciting
0: it sounds like you like the short, the schmurgis board of it and not just doing one thing i do I, li- I like to
1: do everything you know what it is for for writing uh, I can create my own opportunities. I can be writing anytime. At, like right when we're done with Zoom, I got to get back to a script. But it's like, I can always be writing and trying to sell a script. Acting, I have to wait for people to give me opportunities. I can't just be like, yeah, okay, I'm going to be in a Quentin Tarantino movie now. I mean, it'd be amazing. Um, but it's like, I got to wait for there to be either an offer or an audition. And an audition and then try to get called back and then try to get that director session and try to get it. Um, or if it's an offer, see if it's something I'm interested in. So it's like, These, I don't get to control at all, but writing, I can always control. I could always be writing, I can always be writing what I wanna write. Um, And that I think, so I'm always doing both because it's kind of what I like. And I think at the beginning I did a little bit of everything out of fear. Oh my God, I just, please anybody, let me do anything. And now the old, when you get a little bit older, it's like, all right, now I can take my time. I wanna perform this much this year. I'm gonna write as much as I can. And I'm gonna take any acting job that feels really exciting to me now. And it's been good, man. It's been very crazy. I feel very lucky. If you asked me if I was a kid, you said, is this like the thing I thought about as a kid? No, I didn't. This is like being an astronaut. We didn't know anybody who was an actor or writer. We didn't know anybody from, I grew up in the North Bronx. My parents were in the South Bronx. We didn't know anybody that did this. So it's like- You guys
0: lived in separate places?
1: (laughs) No, my parents lived in 176 in Grand Ab. Then I moved up to Riverdale. Okay, Uh, When they had me, we we were in Riverdale. So it's just like, there weren't people around us. So nobody could point to someone and be like, this person's an actor. Right. Um. So, um, this so it wasn't a thing I even thought about till senior year of college when I was like, I'm gonna try comedy. I'm finally gonna do it. I finally got the balls to audition for an improv team when I was in college. I was too afraid of failing, so I never did for all those years. And then finally, my girlfriend at the time pushed me. I was like, You got just audition. What are you doing? And I finally did it, and did the did did it, and had so much fun. And through that, got the confidence to keep trying. Um. Yeah, but that was it. I mean, like when we were in school, there wasn't ever like an actor or writer that came in and talked to us. It was like different occupations. And I was a psych major and an anthro major, so I I wasn't around my school at all. Was
0: there ever a time after you started that you thought you might stop?
1: You know, at the very beginning, I was like, I'm going to do anything, I'm going to work my butt off. This is it. I'm trying this. This is it. I'm going full tilt. And then um, when I was making enough money off of doing commercials, no there, there was you know i mean when i was in college i worked at a sneaker store i worked at i was an intern and i was a page at letterman I, you know i did whatever I, I i was working illegally when my working papers were not correct yet mm-hmm. i was one year below i was allowed to work because i come from a family that works very hard so um it, it's uh when i started i got lucky enough where i was just like even if i could just just skim by I love this so much that this would bring me enough joy. So if I'm just skimming by, uh, I could be fine. And then I was lucky enough to get, you know, some roles that helped me out and kept pushing me up higher and higher. That's how I know
0: how much older I am than you, because I was at Letterman briefly 15 years. Well, you do I, think. I did a, uh, th- did a couple specials, uh, film specials with celebrities like Michael J. Fox did a hockey thing and whatever. And I did those when I was 22, 3, something like that, 21. What you, Did you produce them? Were you no, them? I was a segment producer. I'd been a segment producer in Saturday Night Live. And then I ended up
1: segment producing. What years? Redmond. What were your casts?
0: It was the Billy Crystal, Marty short year.
1: Oh, come on. I just saw Billy two days ago. That, <laughs> yeah. by the way, by the way, and it's so funny. Billy is, you know, my guy. I love him so much. Did a movie with him. He's like my brother. And then um, Marty is the one that all the comedians look up to as the funny person, which is so funny. Yeah. It's has crazy. His,
0: has Billy ever shown you uh, uh, black ball players?
1: What's black ball players?
0: Oh my God! It's kind of the lost sketch they, they did. He and Chris Guest played Negro League ball players.
1: Oh, this already sounds like we're we, both getting canceled. They we're they in like
0: Florida. She's getting they shot it in Florida, and it was uh, all about they basically talking about the history. It was very loving. I mean, because they obviously, as you know, he loves Billy baseball, loves he, baseball, all of that stuff. So, and it was you know Smelt Night. <laughs> You bring a smelt, you get two smelts back. Oh, you take no. a smelt and all this kind of stuff from the Negro Leagues. And of course it was disappeared because now
1: it's problematic. Of course. Uh, so yeah. Even you explaining it makes me nervous. <laughs> Do you have a favorite sketch that you uh, saw when you were doing segments over there? Well, the
0: seg I mean, I did like Synchro Swimmers. Is, oh you know, my. I the mean, I mean and... Synchronized Swimmers is one of the most famous old school sketches yeah. there is. One and Marty, I'm actually in the Marty stage show because I'm the guy who told the person on staff who he was imitating. (laughs) I told her that he was imitating her.
1: She did not. Oh, amazing, amazing. So Marty
0: was every time I see Marty, like you're the one.
1: (laughs) Still angry at me.
0: Thirty years later, forty, God, thirty-five years later. Wow. We're all children back then. But you were in the Sullivan Building, I assume, with Letterman.
1: I was in Ed Sullivan. That's exactly correct. I was still in Thirty Rock. Oh, so you were late night i was a late show yeah i was late night i, had I was that- an audience page so i brought the audience into the ed Sullivan. so i literally just did cbs morning the other day and one of the locations we did it in was the um ed Sullivan theater and what and explained to them what i used to do as an intern as a page there and then we went to ucb where i was an intern wow. so we basically went to my beginnings of the this business um which was crazy to be in both and think about you know how by the way i also thought about how that was like some of my favorite times in this industry. And maybe you could agree with me. Um, it's like when you, the start of the stuff that you did, it's like, man, those first five years of just trying, nobody coming to our shows, it was me, Gillo Ozari, Adam Pally, nobody coming to our shows, trying desperately, uh, finally getting some people, getting our first, like, uh oh, now all of a sudden we're starting to sell out. Okay, now people are coming mm-hmm. to see us. Like, it was so exciting. It was so exciting to learn and find our voices. And we're going out every night, you know, I mean, like not going out and partying, but like going no. to like a depressing New York bar with the other comedians and <laughs> seeing, seeing like, you know, oh my God, there's Amy Poehler, there's Rachel Dratch, there's Jack McBrayer, like that to us was so exciting. Mm. So it's like, um, man, it was, it's, it's, uh, the beginnings were so exciting. Everything here is very exciting as well. It's just a different feeling of, yeah, you know, you have nothing, you want everything, you know, or you just want to, you just want to make people laugh. I still have that feeling. I just really want to make people laugh.
0: I didn't, didn't have, the, didn't have the guts to take the route you took. <laughs> I always too, I still worried about people, but my, I think my greatest work period, one of them certainly was on Saturday night. Where we were working a hundred hour weeks and it was so exhausting and you, but you made something or two and you, they were on air by Saturday night every week.
1: Isn't and that amazing? Started, Instant gratification.
0: Yes. And it, completion, you know, you actually, it was done. It could have been good. It could have been not so good, but you like finished it and then gave it to people and it was Ta-da, it's done
1: i agree i love that
0: yeah it's a really it's, it's very different than the way uh, movie business works
1: yes uh, the billy when we were doing that movie uh standing up falling down billy when we filmed that billy would say all right we uh said the joke now and we'll see if there's a laugh in a year and a half <laughs> and i was like <laughs> yeah that's kind of how movies work like do it. do it now and then we see if there's a reaction in a year and a half when it comes out so do you get excited,
0: excited when Sonic Two opens big and all of that, or is that kind of like? Oh my aftermath? god, yes! I don't think I'll ever get.
1: I don't. It's not the aftermath. Uh, uh, I don't think I will get. I don't think I will get jaded. I definitely am not now. Um, I'm thrilled. I'm over the moon. By the way, it's still crazy to me that I go to a movie theater and there's like a poster of something I'm involved in, or I can walk into a theater and hear my voice next to Jim Carrey. This is all, you know. This is all bucket list stuff. This isn't something that. Um, so all that stuff is exciting. I'm excited when After Party comes out. That was so exciting. I'm excited when the final episode came out. And it's like excited and hearing people's text texting me. And all that stuff is still uh, exciting. I'm so excited when like a DuckTales episode came out and stuff like that. So um, I feel very lucky that I get to do this. And I feel very lucky that I'm still doing it. Um, and I feel lucky that we get to make people laugh, man. It it's, can be crummy out there. And the idea that maybe I'm helping out somebody, you know, bringing them a little joy uh, makes me really happy.
0: Well, you, you seem to be uh, have made your dreams come true, which is a lovely thing. So now what do I do? That's a good question. Well, you know, <laughs> one of the strangers, the last time we spoke, Tom was online, Tom was with us, and I found out the day after that he had signed his divorce papers the day he did our interview. <laughs>
1: I was like, how could he be so even killed in this interview? Do you know what's so funny? There's, a, there's been a couple of times when I've done shows in my life over, career, I mean, I've been improvising since 2002, so 20 years of improv. Uh, with a billion different people and there have been times where like a terrible thing happens right before a show like i remember there was a breakup of before a show once or uh, i got really bad news about something and when you get on stage nothing exists in that moment and and it's therapy and it's all those things so it's like it almost it almost helps it almost transports mm-hmm. you because you're in you're in a moment with the audience and you know we're all laughing together and for that time I remember coming off the stage from, you know, an old, old show. I don't remember who it was. It might have been, I don't remember what show it was. It might have been hot sauce. But being like, I was really sad beforehand. My guys are cheering me up, making me feel better. We go on stage, have a great show and come out and just like, you know, big hugs and you feel better than before you go in. So sometimes that stuff, sometimes that stuff helps. Same with acting, by the way. I've been in, you know, you have days where you're just not feeling great. and You have, you know, I'm in a scene with Don Cheadle and we're really working it and we're having fun and we're creating something fun together. And you just like, Look at this! Look at this! This is amazing. How lucky are we? We're so lucky. We're that's so how lucky. I feel
0: about these interviews. Actually, for me, I could be having the worst day, and I talk to somebody who loves what they do and is, has something to say about what they do, and it—you know—I forget everything else is gone. <laughs> I agree, and I'm very. It, it really brings joy to my life. I mean, that's the reason I, I do it. A, I don't I make any money,
1: David. I think that's a, you're right. You still have never been paid for an interview. They said.
0: I don't, I don't, I don't, yeah, I've never, I mean, I make a little bit of money from that. I have 2000 interviews on uh, YouTube. I get a little check every month, but it's really not nearly enough as much as I have spent on doing them, you
1: My know? God!
0: but I love, but I am, it, it brings me great joy.
1: Can, can I tell you one of the biggest things that I think you said, which I, I, I resonate with so much or it resonated with me so much is that, uh, Uh, You find the people who love what they do. I love talking to. It doesn't matter what your job is. If you love what you do, I am upset. I can't wait to hear. I can't wait to hear about it. Um, That's why I think Comic-Con is so fun. People love their things so much. I know people make fun of like, oh, Comic-Con, but it's like, no, people, they love these things and they're together loving something. So I also think also like the coolest actor you've ever thought of, like, like man, that person goes at her, he's a fucking nerd or she's a nerd as well because they're obsessed with their crap. They know every movie, they know every TV show, they know every line. Um, so I, I'm, I'm obsessed with stuff like that. And uh, I love, and Lord and Miller love what they do. They love it. And you can feel, in this, this Renfield movie I just did, Nick Cage, you can still, he loves this. And Chris McKay, who directed it, loves this. Yeah. And it's, so it's like you're with people who love movies and love watching movies and love making movies. And um, I think that's the best part. If you get those people that really care about things, then you're in heaven. <clears throat> and by the way, that's all for the crew, too. It's like props, you know, like or stunts or, or choreography. Like it's infectious. It's like passion. You get addicted. Not addicted. You get like um, you feel filled up from people's passion kind of.
0: Yeah. Well, it's amazing the things people do. And even just yeah. even just a scene and can the, do, yes. And what and what just the, the basic things that go on to make a movie or TV show feel right are sh- stunning. Really, <laughs> that yeah. people do it and do it so well. Yeah. Even when it even when the show's not
1: so great, it's like exciting that they've done the work so well. Well, it's exactly what you said about SNL. We created something. We made something. How hard is it to make something? How hard is it to finish something? Yeah. I always tell people who want to write. Um, Finish it, just finish the thing you're doing. You're gonna stop, you're gonna hate it. It's gonna suck, it's always gonna suck. Finish it, when then you can figure out how you wanna change it. But you can't do that work until you complete something. And if you don't complete it, it'll just be like an albatross, you'll never finish it. So it's like, um, I do agree, I love that feeling of like, I remember when I, at the very beginning when I used to sell scripts, I used to print the script so I can hold it with my hands and be like, ah, I made this, this is my, in from my brain. Um, so all that stuff is still very exciting. No,
0: I've, been, I've been, definitely been in the privileged position of hiring people to write about movies primarily. and um, th- But people want to and they pitch me and they talk about it what they want to do. And then I'm like, so do one. And I'm, they're like, okay, yeah, yeah. 90% of people just never do it. It's scary. It's hard. It's hard and it's scary. Yeah. yeah. But when they do it, it's, you know, having done it, if you feel good about it at all, it's a really beautiful feeling.
1: Yeah, I I I, uh, I love completing something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Good seeing you. Lovely to see you, man. Everything else good? Everything else is good. Everybody's
0: in school or doing whatever they're supposed to be doing. I, I should Perfect. probably be at CinemaCon, but I have to take my kid to school every morning. So.
1: <laughs> you got your priorities. But yeah, I yeah, love yeah, the yeah. kids,
0: so it's nice. So not so bad. Perfect. Perfect. And, Perfect. And I, I don't want him to grow up to be like Ben Schwartz. That's what I say. Jewish? May your kids grow up to be... Bell- well, I'm
1: Jewish, so there you go. He's so you only half Jewish.
0: Huh? All
1: right. So he'll, he'll look half like me. I, even looked, though I'm fully Jewish, I look like I'm 200% Jewish.
0: Well, the hair... And the hair is really... You should have a monument. There should be like...
1: I got G- to get, get a haircut. I was trying to... I, see, I feel like it's bit. too short
0: now. I think there you should think be a, a Chia I'll Pet
1: version of you. I you should be I the first improper performer with a Chia Pet made of you. By the way, that would be a great thing to sell. Maybe that's what I try to sell. Um, this, this is uh, this is um, uh, I look like Beaker from Bunsen and Beaker, or like uh, Heat Miser from the Rudolph cartoon back in the day.
0: Do I have him here somewhere?
1: Hey, of course no, you do. He's inside one of your Ghostbusters.
0: It's the guy from uh, from
1: uh, from um, from uh, out. the Pixar film. Yeah, yeah, amazing. That's the next thing I want to do. I would love to do a Pixar movie. I love to do a Pixar movie. Some people ask me like. Who do you want to be directed by? I want to be directed by Pete Doctor real bad. I really want to do a Pete Doctor movie. Um, if it's live action, fine, great. If it's animated, amazing. I am, I am so inspired by the stuff he's done. So I would love to be in. I love to be directed by Pete Doctor.
0: Yeah. Well, this year, I mean, the the two movies they didn't release or did a bad job of releasing this year were like, I don't know if you saw. Um, uh, I want to call it First Blood, but it's. <laughs>
1: It's I don't called, think they made uh, Rambo first blood. Yeah, No, oh my it's, God. About, it's about, about her first period,
0: <laughs> so that's what it's about. So it should you can't be- say
1: first blood, David. You're better than that, David.
0: <laughs> it just hit me. I don't know why. I was blocked for a minute. Um, first blood, that's <laughs> terrible. But it's, it's a Canadian Asian, uh, turning red it's called. I love and it. And turning into a red bear is the metaphor for period.
1: I've seen it. I've seen every Pixar movie. I think. Well, I think I it's think a brilliant, ever, ever.
0: brilliant movie, and I wish they'd released it properly. But um, you know, even that stuff now
1: they're coming out. What, what else? do they, they, have? they have one more that's coming out. They have. Encanto was oh, no,
0: wonderful. I thought I was surprised how good Encanto was.
1: Oh, it's I can Encanto was incredible.
0: Yeah, yeah. And
1: the music was incredible.
0: Yes, but they barely released it. You know, it's like, come on. yeah. So, and late year looks pretty good, actually. So, well, hopefully that'll be good. I'm,
1: I'm a sucker. I've seen every Pixar movie, and I, I hope to for the rest of time. I would love to keep seeing Pixar films.
0: But can you explain Moon Knight? That's what I want to know.
1: Oh, my God. I'm two episodes in, and I love it. You I too. love it. <laughs> well, like
0: episode four, maybe the darkest episode. I haven't ever. seen it yet. No spoilers. Not no, no, I, I mean, in terms of storytelling. It. I mean, just literally in the black. They, the movie's pitch black. The show's pitch black for almost the entire episode. It makes the godfather really? look bright and light. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's quite something. Oh, I can't wait. I love anyway. I, I think Oscar Isaac is incredible in everything. I love that guy.
0: He is. He is. And he's so sincere. He's a he's one of these guys. Yeah, he gives
1: you can see his heart in every everything yeah. he does.
0: He and I did an interview once with a director, and the director talked so much he asked for his own interview afterwards. <laughs> We did a separate interview, so he'd get awarded edgewise.
1: Oh, my God. He wanted
0: to talk, but he's a lovely guy. He's a very sweet guy. I love him. And a great talent.
1: Yeah, totally.
0: Do your, Go back to your work. I feel like yeah. I've interrupted your work. You haven't interrupted anything.
1: I just well, got have, home have, from a shoot. You have work to do. So we all have work to do. Your but makeup is
0: fantastic.
1: <laughs> I'm not wearing makeup. you kidding me? This is, this is what I look like in real life. It's the real Ben Schwartz. Yeah, it looks it looks hauntingly similar to the bench rose on camera. <laughs> I love taking very little time in the makeup chair. That's my favorite
0: thing. Well, that's my my son is actually at twelve, just beginning to notice that his hair is a mess when he goes to school, and he now oh, starts as, started great. asking about it. My hair. Okay? Oh, does
1: he use does he use hair gel now or no? What does he do?
0: He, j- he just cut his hair from very long to very short, so now he's just worried he has a little thing in back that pops up
1: in the morning. The alfalfa. My dad used to call it the alfalfa thing.
0: Yeah. Remember, so, Alpha used to have that. Oh yeah, oh yeah. See, I grew up on those too. That's all we had. We, I was pre-cable kid. So yeah, you told me you
1: would just run down the street throwing a rock at a wall. That's like your whole. That's your. That whole was job. pretty
0: much pro magnon life. Yeah, so it was very exciting. Beautiful. <laughs> run as fast as you can, trying not to scrape too many body parts. That's exactly right. Not easy. Anyway, thanks again. Good seeing David. you. David, a
1: pleasure always. Tell your kid I say hi if he's not there. Uh, I will do that. I'll, I'll drag him
0: out. He's actually punished today. That's a whole long story. Anyway, <laughs> he's off the TV, he's off the electronics for the day. One day. Yeah, because he wouldn't go to school this morning.
1: So I get it. I get it. So
0: someday you'll have a 14 year old and then you'll know. <laughs> Hopefully, it won't be your girlfriend. <laughs> Thank you.
1: Boy, 14-year-old movie my girlfriend. Yeah, it was a bad joke. Sorry. Oh, I didn't I didn't even understand it. Now like rump a bump. I was
0: just moving right past it because I was so embarrassed I was You hated
1: right. it so much you didn't even allow it to. Yeah, happen. I hate my material. <laughs> I feel like it's a great character. A character says a joke to I mean, he's like, Ugh, I hate myself. What a terrible day this was after every joke.
0: I think I know those comics. Hey, okay. Be good. Right. Bye well. buddy. Good to see Have you. Have a great man. night. Thank you. Thank
1: you for talking. A pleasure as always. Bye. Bye, buddy. Always. Anytime.